started caring about girls and someone pants you at school. <laughs> That's how so I feel right now, I'm burning. So let's just go through this drill really quick before I start. Oh, first of all, my name is Luto, in case anyone was wondering. I'm kidding, if you don't know me by now, shame on you. Um, unless you're new, then you're gonna get to know me. Um, I don't always dress like this, this is just, circumstance did this shit to me. <laughs> Let me explain. <laughs> so what ha happened was, our iron blew up. <laughs> so now, I asked a friend to take my shirts to their house to iron them for me, and then they didn't do it because they forgot. So when I woke up today, I was like, oh snap, I'm preaching, I forgot to take the shirt. So this is the, on, these shirts are the only ones that weren't creased. <laughs> so I was like, oh wait, time to swag out. <laughs> Excuse, I'm showing a little bit of chest, it just doesn't work with one more button done up. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> and then let's just go through the drill quickly. So. I'm gonna talk, I'm gonna get carried away because I told you I'm nervous. Start talking fast, I don't breathe. I'm gonna leave this open. If don't, like instead of shouting me down and saying amen and all the rest of the stuff, just say amen, I mean just say water. And I'll remember to get the water. And there's one more thing. Ross once said to me, when you speak, people don't listen, or, or yeah, when you speak to people, they don't listen until you're 30, and then they don't actually believe you until you're 40. And so for the sake of this message, I'm 40 years old. <laughs> Believe me. <laughs> cool. So anyways, a lot, just a little bit of history before, like this random guy speaking to you, like I said, in case you haven't met me. I was born in the Eastern Cape. That explains my name, Luto, which means nothing in KZN. My mom loves me more than that. And so from a very young age, we moved to Puerto down on the lower south coast when I was six years old. And I grew up there, and then I came to Durban for high school at DHS. Uh, where I finished, matriculated in 2013. Uh, yeah, you're counting, I'm 24. <laughs> but I'm 40 for this message. <laughs> cool, so then, yeah, that's how I got here, and, and uh, I'm gonna get into that a little bit later. But tonight, I mean, yeah, tonight we're speaking into community. And so what is community? Uh, all the questions that come with that question, and so just to set it up, I was at, a, at an SCA at DJHS, a couple weeks ago and I invited Sim, I don't know if she's still here, but yeah, so we were sitting there and one of the questions they asked, they worded it like this, is it okay to be a Christian and love God but not like going to church? Can you church at home? And so this is the question that I opened up and obsessed with and started to ask other people and started to get the impression about, and I've got a feeling that it's a question that lots of people are asking. And so I'm gonna answer it first in a blanket statement that yes, I mean, no, it's not okay. There's a scripture, 1 Corinthians 10 verse 23. Sorry, Alec, I forgot to give it to you. But I'm gonna read it really quick. I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. And this is one of those things. It's not okay to church at home. Yes, you can. Yes, you have the right to church at home, but it's not beneficial and it's probably not gonna be constructive for you. Ross described it like trying to go to gym for the first time and doing it by yourself. Lots of people have tried. Beginning of the year, I'm gonna to go to gym and I'm gonna do it. But when you try to start, by the fifth week, you've burnt out. And then he said this, he said, if you wanna start a, start a practice that becomes a habit, that becomes a lifestyle, you need people to do it with you. Just hold on to that. If you wanna start a practice that becomes a habit, that becomes a lifestyle, you need people to do it with you. Let's just talk about gym for a little bit because Rick calls me a philanthropist, which means it's someone who likes to give away 
stuff and money to the poor and all the rest. I said, I give my money to the gym because I pay, but I never go. <laughs> so that's why Rick's always teasing me. He's like, until two weeks ago, I tried again because he started teasing me. So now I'm like, I'm going to go back to gym. I've had two solid weeks. I still skipped leg day. I'm going to get to it, promise. <laughs> but anyways, so he calls me this thing. And the thing is that last year, this time, I had Sia and I had Rick in the gym with me. And we had so much fun in the gym that I was going every day. He'd wake up. Sometimes he'd let me drive before I got my driver's license and we'd have like an adventure on the way to gym. It was fun. We'd get there. We'd gym. We'd box. We'd do all kinds of fun stuff. I had Sia to spot me. Just imagine that beast of a man spotting me. I'd stack that bench press real full and I, just because I know that Sia's got me. I'd push myself further than I, I would have pushed myself. And then Rick is slightly smaller than me. He'll, he, he would argue that different, like, differently. But so if he had pushed 60, I'd run to push 65, because I'm like, no way, this guy's going to push the same as me. And so, like, it was a lot more productive and beneficial because we did it together. Then Sia left for, his, for whatever reason, he left for a change. And then Rick dropped out at some stage. And then I was stuck trying to do it by myself. And, well, eight months later, I've only been there, like, <laughs> twice. <laughs> and so, you really, you need people. And I started off as a joke. But, um... Back to high school, just to explain this gym thing a little bit more. When I was back in high school, um, I was really obsessed. I was like, we had rugby, so I cared about rugby so much that I gymmed every day. I had partners. I was waking up at half past four. We were going. We were doing it together. And so what, be what started off as a practice became a habit. And then when it became a habit, I could do it by myself now and then. And then when it moved from being a habit to being who I was, it Went so far that during matric exams, I'd wake up at like half past four, go to gym. Sometimes I'd wake up because I, I wasn't so pressed for time anymore and we weren't always doing it together. One day I woke up like in the middle of the day, got started with my day, packed my gym stuff, ate, and I'm walking to school just for gym. I'm dressed in my gym clothes. And the guys I had classes with, they were also my gym partners. They're like, as I come around, get out of the taxi, I walk around the corner, they're like, what are you doing? So I'm like, what? They're like, bro, we've got an exam in two hours. And so <laughs> I had to turn around and run back into the taxi I just got into, go home and come back. But because a habit or a practice had become a habit, had become a lifestyle. You didn't have to tell me twice to go to gym. I was going to gym. I even forgot about my trick exams. <laughs> Don't tell my mom. I'm so glad she's not here for this one. But to make this point, and please, guys here looking for girlfriends, don't take this the wrong way. But Ecclesiastes says this in Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9. Two are better than one because they have good return on their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity one who falls and has no one to help them up. 11. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. This is what I was talking about. <laughs> but how can one keep warm alone? Get lots of blankets if you're not married. <clears throat> verse 12. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves, and a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. The points he's making is that we need people. We're always better when we're together. I think Jack Johnson said that. And then Matthew 18, verse 19 to 20, this is now Jesus speaking, and he says, again, I tell you that if two or more of you, or if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them also. Well, there I am with them. Again, speaking to the thing that there's power, I think this is what the passage came out of. Where there's unity, God commands a blessing. There's something about community that's so important, so special. And then Hebrews 10 verse 24 says, let us spur each other on towards love and good deeds. 
Verse 25, not giving up meeting together as, as some of you are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Because we get into communion, we step a little bit into it and then we go, <sighs> and then we give up meat. And he's throwing shade at those guys, like not like some of you are in the habit of doing. <laughs> I can imagine him having a little bit of sass when he started speaking about that. Now to get really serious about this because I don't want you to get carried away or lost in the stories of Jim. When I first started coming to Olive Tree, that's what happened to me because until that point, and maybe you've heard this story a hundred times if you're in youth and a little bit less if you're young adults, but you've heard it. But when I started coming to church, I was born into a Christian family. And so time and time again, I would get into church. I'd give my life to Jesus. I'd be on fire. And somewhere along the line, I'd tank. And then a couple months later, I'd recover, start the cycle again. Give my life to Jesus on some youth camp. Have a great old few weeks where I'm feeling on fire for Jesus. It only took me to do something wrong, to tank again. I didn't have people around me, and that only changed when I came here. When I came to Olive Tree, I, first thing was I was so cool that I liked it so much, I went back to my house, and next time I came back, I came back with my brother and my best friend who was living with me. All of a sudden, there was three of us doing this thing together, and we were all at the same level. And then later, we joined the red team. My brother doesn't like people, so he's like, nah, gee. But he still came with us. He was always here. We'd be here for four services at a time. And then we joined the life group. Each time we take a step into the next level of community, another step into the next level of community. A little bit later, I started interning at the church. A little bit later, I started like, working full time. Now I'm here. A practice became a habit, became a lifestyle because I had the right people around me for me to get started and not tank. Now I have a, this is my community, this is my team. And hey, we get fines at our flat for arguing because of, we're not going to let you get away with doing something that's going to lead you astray. We have the courage to tell each other when someone else is doing something wrong. We've got the courage to pick each other up when one of us is feeling weak or struggling. And that's what you need people for. You'll never not people, need, people, need people. I hate people that say I'm self-made, you don't. You're not. You need people. And if you didn't need people to carry you, you use people to walk over to get to where you are. You need people. <laughs> Anyways, I think you get the point that you need people. So the, se <laughs> the second thing I'm going to speak to, because it's not that easy to get into community. So this girl at this SEA puts up her hand in the back and she asked a question that absolutely irritated me, and I'll explain why. Because she goes... But when I go to church, I'm so introverted and afraid of people that I can't make conversations. And then she went on to like paint a detailed picture, and this has started a conversation. Everyone else started going, yeah, for real, what if, but, 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 but. And now I'm speaking to Olive Tree. If you call yourself a member of Olive Tree, if you've been coming here so long that you know my face and you know other people's faces, you know where the bathrooms are, you know where to get water and all that. If you call this place home, I'm speaking to you. It is not the responsibility of a new person to have to reach out to other people and make friends at a church. We can say from stage, make yourself at home, but that's not gonna happen if the people around are very hostile, they're not willing to step out. It's very hard to be in a new place. The onus should not be on a new person to come here and have to try to reach out to new people. We should be looking out. As this collective, we should be looking out in the coffee area going, there's someone who looks like they need to be pulled into a community. There's other communities here, other cliques, other circles. We're not all going to get everyone into the same group. 
but keep trying to pull people into your community so that you can pull them along on a journey that leads them to meeting Jesus and growing in their faith. Cool. And so that's why it absolutely, absolutely irritated me, is that it can never, ever be up to a new person. And now I'm going to speak to the new people because I know the community is feeling pretty offended at me, so I'm going to stand on all in front. So I've, um, I'm like baby level TDJX. I just think of swag sayings now and then. <laughs> so today I came up, I can't remember, what did I say today, Dita? I'm sure you wrote it down. Just, I, say, I say stuff, I say stuff and it's just like really profound. I find it profound. It's silly, but I think it's profound. So <laughs> it's a pity I don't remember what I tell you, but the one I came up with for this one is that if you want to stick around, you have to give other people a stick, which means for the new person, if you want to stick around, you have to give us something to work with. It's, 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 I don't blame anyone. If you come here and you sit in the corner and then you duck out as soon as the service ends, I don't feel sorry for you. <laughs> if people try to talk to you and you turn your nose up at them or look at your phone, that's not cool. So please, if you're new with us, at least just extend the, the other front of just saying, hey, I'm new, or, or letting people talk to you and not treating them like they're trying to hit on you. I'm scared of girls, so if I talk to you and you act funny, I'm not going to talk to you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's for the homies as well. <laughs> Thank me later. Anyways, I'm going to preach really fast because I want, to, I want to practice what I'm preaching. I want to go outside there and start making conversations and building relationships. So there's one more thing that happens. The last thing is that we, do, we, we find home, we find community, and we start growing. But then we get to this place, and I always warn my leaders because they start leading at youth, and they're so on fire, and they're growing, and everything's happening. At some stage, you get frustrated with the young people because it just seems like they don't hear anything you're saying. They're not growing, they're not moving forward, and you feel stuck, like you're not growing, you feel like you could be doing more. And so in church context, we go like, I just feel like Sunday's not doing it anymore. I just feel like this church's not doing it. I'm just not growing anymore. I'm just not getting meat. This feels like milk. Those urges are okay to have, just like the urge you had to come here, wasn't your own, was the spirit working within you? When you found community, just all of that was God working with you. That same urge, is not, it's not wrong to feel like you need meats instead of milk. But we all often miscarry the spirit because we go about it the wrong way. If you end up skipping church or moving to another church, chasing an experience because you feel like you, they're crazier than here, or, and then that's going to bore you, and then you're going to move to another church, that's going to bore you. You can't go to churches chasing experiences because you've grown in your faith. First of all, just remember that you were once the newcomer. And when you, when you know that you were once the newcomer, you start to relate to new people when you grow the way that you wanted to be related to when you and you. That's the spirit that we need to adopt. That's the way you carry out your faith. Here's another profound thing. As you grow, you sow. <laughs> Came up with that while I was writing the sermon. Don't have, would have expected an applause or an amen, but I... <laughs> But that's, thanks, man. <laughs> but what that means is that, like I said, once I, once I was just a new person, then at some level, I mean, at, at some stage, I was confident enough to join a red team. At some stage, I was confident, confident or grown enough to do the next thing. From there, I was confident enough to step into youth and lead. Then I got given an opportunity to do something else. Then I get an opportunity to lead a group. 
And now, like, I'm just growing, and the more I grow, the more I serve. That's what growing and sowing is. The more you get elevated, the more you start to be concerned for the people behind you. The commission is, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Not go therefore and find another community. You're making disciples, the mission is making disciples, they don't have to be here. When you two grown for this, sustain your own faith and then move somewhere else and start a fire somewhere else. Build a community somewhere else. Not another church, they don't need you in their seats if you grown. I'm just being honest. And so, as you grow, you need to start sowing with the attitude of, I was once there, now other people can be where I am if I turn around. And I, th- I think, I can't remember the guy I preached about, <sighs> snap, I can't remember, but it was about repairing a wall. Help me, preachers. <laughs> <laughs> Nehemiah. <laughs> because he, when he was ready to sow, he spotted a problem and he started where the problem was for him. Same here, you get, you get anxious, you get agitated, that is from the Spirit of God going, it's unholy discontent, it's holy discontent, I mean. There's something wrong and you're seeing a problem, you don't go, ah, oh, this church doesn't do that. Be the solution to that problem. Fix the wall where you are. You've all got something that you're frustrated about in this church or in this city. Be the solution to it. Don't, find, don't go find a community that's already doing it right. They don't need you. And then just to, again, I feel like I've been rebuking people the whole time, so I'm sorry. So just in closing, because at the end of the Great Commission it says, and know that I will be with you Always. And know that I will be with you always. That's speaking to the spirit. And so now and then I get tired. Now and then I get over the people that I'm around. Now and then I get over coming to church. Now and then I get stuck and I hit a plateau. That doesn't change my relationship with God. When Jesus died, he said, I am sending out. In fact, even before that, when they prophesied about Jesus long ago, they said he'd be called Emmanuel, God with us. And then he says, just before he dies, I'm going to die, oh, I'm going to ascend up to heaven, but I'm going to send someone better than me to take my place. I'm going to send my spirit. There's a spirit that got you through the door. There's a spirit that got you into this community. <laughs> I tried to ignore it. I'm going to push on. And at each stage... There's a, the Spirit is working in, in you, bringing you to completion, growing you, leading you to the next thing. It's that Spirit. Don't ever for a second think, don't ever for a second think that what you started with the Spirit, I think it's Paul at some stage speaking to the guys, I think it's in Galatians 3.3, and he says, you foolish people, how could you, what you started with the Spirit, how could you try complete by yourself? And so in this journey, wherever you should find yourself, whether you're in the beginning, just know that God is with you. If you're in the mix of it and you're finding community and it's hard, God is with you. If you're in the wilderness at the moment, no, one pulled, no one's pulled you in, God is with you. If you're at the place where you're stuck and you're trying to push on to the next thing, God is with you. It's that spirit that enables us to do everything that we do. It's that spirit that, that, that comes alive when we're around people, but just know that from the beginning, from the Practice to the habits, to the lifestyle. God is with you. You don't need anything else. Can we pray? Father, thank you so much.
for who you are. Thank you that you, you are community. And thank you that because of that, we can be a community. Thank you that you call us to be. Thank you that we, everything we build as a church is built on your cornerstone, which is Jesus. And thank you that's a firm foundation, Jesus. That's a sure recipe. Thank you that you're living and working and everyone here. Thank you that no one is here by accident. That your spirit has called them to be. Father, for the people that are struggling to find their community, find the crowd, I just pray that you would guide them, Jesus. I pray that you'd be with them where they are and walk them to where they belong. I pray for growth, Jesus. I pray for peace in any season that we might find ourselves in. And Father, I just, I just thank you for the love you have for every individual represented here. I just pray that you'd start to unlock gifting and growth, Jesus, so that we could start to effect change in the city to reach more people for you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Ross is going to say something. <laughs> I don't know how to end it. <laughs> I don't know if you broke our church or not, but it was darn good. I loved every second. I haven't laughed that hard in a long time. You know what I find in this subject? I, I find that um, people forget how much God's involved in putting you in community. And so what we... Bye-bye. <laughs> you are the funniest human. <laughs> what we miss out on is praying two prayers. Lord, show me who you're, who you're putting me into their life, whose life you're putting me into. That would be English. And, and Father, show me who you're putting into my life. You see, you see, when you start to press into the Spirit in that space, what you find happening is that God puts what you need for the season you're in to take you through to the next space you need to go into. And when you shut yourself off to the Spirit of God around who He's putting into your life, you often stay stuck. And for some of you, that's uh, who am I going to receive? And for some of you, it's who am I called to go to? When, I am, when I'm walking down the street, when I'm engaging with people, a lot of my prayer time is, God, open my eyes to what you want them to give me and open my eyes to what you want me to, to give them. And so what I want to do is just shift you a little bit because there's probably someone in here that you called to meet don't just make it about how good looking she is. Just uh, there, there's someone here that God's probably going to speak to. Just build a friendship there. And if you're on the receiving of the end of that, don't think they're stalking you. Just go, there might be something here. Holy Spirit, lead this. And when you start to do that, you'll find that your relationships start to get a richness because there's an expectation that God's in it. And so I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Is that cool? And I'm going to ask that you stand, and we're just going to, we're going to open our hearts to God knitting the body together. If, if you're not a Christian, this church is a comedy show every week. It's just like this. No, uh, uh, I'm joking. <laughs> Why don't you just stick out your hands? Heavenly Father, I want to be open to the community you want me to be in, to be a gift and to receive your gift. I know, Lord, that I need people, and they need me. 
And so Jesus, give me the boldness and give me the openness of heart to give and receive. And right now, I pray over this church, Lord Jesus, that you begin to do something so supernatural by your spirit that you literally lift up people out of brokenness into strength. And God, you release people to make a difference. And I ask even tonight, as we go into coffee area and newcomers come upstairs, that your grace begins to flow in this community. In Jesus' name, amen.